This week's podcast brought to you in part by Audible.com. Get your free audiobook download by visiting www.audibletrial.com slash WDS to choose from over 85,000 titles for your iPod or MP3 player. Please. Hi, I'm Dan. And I'm Doug from Hoobastank. Hey, this is Jennifer Love Hewitt. Hey, what's up? This is Kelly Clarkson. This is Zandy Aris from the Dr. Phil Show. If you're not listening to What Duvet Said, then you're functionally retarded. Hello, I'm Tommy Lee. Hi, this is John Bon Jovi. And I'm Richie Sambor. Hi, this is Brandy, the winner of The Apprentice. Hello, I'm Phil Collins. Hey, this is Lindsay Lowen. This is Alec Baldwin. Hi, this is Alicia Witt, and you're listening to What Duvet Said. Did you hear... Did you hear? 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 What do they say? Now you get to hear what Duvet has to say. Hello again, everybody. You are listening to the official podcast of the What Do They Said Cultural Entertainment Digest, found at WhatDoTheySaid.com. I am your host, Jason Duplissy, coming at you from Duvet Studios south in the Hollywood Hills of Los Angeles, California. And joining me, as always, is the man who will drink Ben's wine, your host. (laughs) This is Robert Bob Duvet, podcasting you from inside the fanny pack of a Midwestern tourist, making his way around North Beach, California, in San Francisco. It is I, your friend, Jason. The one they call Rob. Hi, Rob. Hi, Jace. I was just in San Francisco, and somebody pointed out that the tourists had the fanny packs on. That's exactly what the, the person behind the counter said to me. It's funny. It's in full bloom. I mean, literally, tourists, as far as the eye can see, uh, clogging up my, uh, my streets. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Wait, I, I need to roll back a little bit here just to Let's just because I need back. some clarification. Uh, I I did not watch The Bachelorette this season, and I was kind of under the impression that you weren't watching The Bachelorette until there there seemed to be sort of a, I don't know, kind of a drunken confessional on Twitter from you the other night. <laughs> not a drunken confession. However, I yes, I was watching it. I... Got kind of into it and kept it on the DL, which we'll we will get back to saying things like DL in a later segment of this show. But yeah, I was uh, trying to keep it under the radar, and then I was so disappointed with her choice that I I felt compelled to make note of it on Facebook. What is uh, what? Why you don't seem to be in the minority? By the way, I have to say that uh, the. The entertainment weeklies of the world were also quite aghast at yeah. what uh, the choice. But what? Please tell me, Rob. What? What is? What does that mean? I want to drink his wine. Oh, <laughs> okay. I forgot I wrote that part. So the two bachelors that she was choosing from there was JP, who was I believe a construction manager from New York City, mm-hmm. and then there was Ben, who was from Sonoma up here in Northern California, who's a winemaker. Ah. And I, as a, I, I, you know, I like the wine and I'm, I'm interested in it. I'm, what, what are those called? Are they called venophiles? Becoming something of a venophile? Metrosexuals. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I did, uh, I did do a lot of plucking and, and, and shaving the other night. So I guess I am, 
full disclosure, listeners, I would consider myself a metrosexual. Okay, plucking and shaving. Okay, cool. Um, um, but yeah. yeah, so Ben, winemaker, and I felt as if I was going to engage in a long-term relationship with Ben, which I would consider because he's quite a catch. Um, yeah, I would have to tr- try his wine first before I could actually go down that road. And I, I think listener Sean would agree that that's probably very important in dating a winemaker. I see. I thought it was kind of along the lines of like, I, I drink your milk from uh, There Will Be Blood, that sort of thing. Oh, <laughs> no, no. It was just, uh, yeah, I guess I could see where you would be disturbed by that sort of Facebook status update. You know, I am such you think a, you know a guy, a metrosexual. I, you may or may not know this about me. I think you've known me long enough to know that my clothing choices aren't always the hippest, shall we say? I thought that in that, you were displaying supreme hipness. Okay. Well, I would kind of go for that. That I, I, And I would believe that because I don't care at all about how I dress or what I wear, uh, that that sort of makes me hipper than the people who try very hard to care. I think we've talked about this on the show before. Um, mm-hmm. But I'll say that I was out with a, with a lady uh, this weekend who we sat down to dinner and she giggled. <laughs> uh, and i said what always what, a what? good sign well yeah and i was like hey what what are you laughing at? she's like oh, i'll tell you later and I'm like oh okay great you know this will be a fun little thing we can share after dinner and then when when dinner was over and we were we were no longer at the restaurant she's like okay now i can tell you jason that shirt is hideous <laughs> <laughs> oh man what would which describe the shirt this is we deal in a uh, a visual um well, we actually, we don't deal in a visual medium. We deal in an audio medium, audible medium. Oh, uh, well, yeah, yeah, audible.com. No, W, whatever. I, it was a, <laughs> I'll say brown, tan, gold kind of, this is how terrible I am with clothes. I, I guess I would say it was sort of brownish, tannish gold. Uh, was there a pattern? No pattern, solid, black buttons. It was a little, uh, it wasn't cut right for me. I, I wear an athletic cut, and this was just sort of a regular cut. So it was a little okay. poofy, I'll say. Um, and it had a, a bit of a bit of a shine, kind of a, I don't know, sort of a rayon kind of shine to it. I like it. I like it. Where do I get one? Uh, well, you can have mine because apparently it's not, <laughs> it's, not uh, <laughs> it's not impressing the ladies. Uh, that's fine. At least she didn't giggle at you in in a different environment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it uh, it was uh, it all worked out fantastically. I will say that much. Nice. Uh, what well, about yeah, you? I, I know that you have you have interesting attire to choose from. I, I've seen your closet. Yeah, well, I think you saw my closet in 1988, uh, and then if you opened mm. my closet now, you would go, "Oh yeah, that that windbreaker." <laughs> you know the funny thing is, is since we're on this subject I've mentioned maybe this before on the show but I'm really moving more towards um, the uniform if you will like just a couple of different variations of the same kind of uh, outfit mm-hmm. where I, it involves it's going to involve very little thinking you know it's some form of black shirt and jeans with you know a coat and keeping it very simple. Although we've talked about Steve Jobs, how he has his uniform, which is always like a black turtleneck and jeans and like, you know, some running shoes or whatever. Right. I see that a lot with with different stars or, or people on TV shows. And I think it's a good route to go if you're a man because it just eliminates all the thinking. And if you find something that looks good and works on you, 
you could just kind of you're not expected to wear something different every time like women are right so you're gonna err towards the side of having a closet full of of this one one thing like black shirts repetitive (laughs) black shirts just the the same black shirt or are you gonna just just, uh you know mix up the different black shirts maybe a little variation a v-neck here a button up there but you know just a kind of a look okay like Homer Simpson. Maybe has we can look. make this a contest and our, our listeners can write in and, and, and form a look for us. Okay, I'm into that. If you have any uh, clothing advice for Rob or myself, please let us know. Send it to us at whatduvaysaid at gmail.com because your emails mean so much. Find us on Facebook. You can just post it on our wall there. We think you guys would look good in this. Tweet at us at Bob Duvet your suggestions or give us a phone call because we love the voice messages by calling us at... 415-937-0445. Think of this as like, what were they called? Chloroforms? Remember those? Yeah. Well, not chloroforms. <laughs> Color forms. <laughs> Color form. Yes. So when you call us at 415-937-0445, you can come up with a wardrobe for us. Just leave your suggestions and we will uh, we will go out and purchase and then we will display it when we do the next podcast and you can judge for yourself. Yeah, we could have a little fashion show on, on the next show. It's the only way to do it on radio is a fashion Absolutely. show. Absolutely. Great. Any guests this week, Rob? We do. We have, you know, I, I mentioned we didn't do a show last week because both of us were indisposed and Reba was working on procuring some big, I mean, these, the, the wattage, this announcement that's going to occur on our show, the topicality, the just sheer magnitude of our guest? Uh, yeah, Plural? I'm almost speechless. Jason, we have the debt ceiling joining us today. Whoa, now that it's freed up, yeah? Well, that's the thing. It was really hard to get an interview booked with the, the debt ceiling. And now, apparently, it, it's pretty easy. So we got our phone calls returned almost immediately right after August 2nd. Right, because now it it needs to get out and start talking since nobody's talking about it anymore. It needs to keep itself yeah, well, in the you know, public that's eye. That's the nature of celebrity. Yeah, exactly. So this is where it gets even better. Friend of the show, past yeah. guest, Chris Matthews. Uh-huh. Also going to be on the show. He is going to make – I. Um, he says I can make, make – he and the debt ceiling have been secretly dating for the past two months. And they are ready to come out on our show and, uh, you know, out themselves as a couple and profess their love. It should be a good one. Wow. This is going to be exciting. And there's nothing nothing I like more than uh, walls and ceilings and Chris Matthews. (laughs) Combine the two. It's electric. (laughs) Bada boom. Well, can't wait to talk to them. That's exciting. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, we also, I should mention the Viography channel, ratings through the roof on our uh, WDS Viography channel, brought to you by the fine people at Pokinex. Yep, yep. I love that Viography channel. What was I watching the other day? I was watching a, um, I was watching a really good episode. Uh, it'll come to me. What's coming up next? Well, you know, we are nothing if not topical here yeah. at the network. So this is going to be really hot. I mean, this is sexy. Viagra's channel in two parts is doing the sexy women of the Senate. 
<laughs> followed by House Hussies. Okay. And uh, it's being narrated by Husky-voiced Kathleen Turner, who's also, in fact, Husky now. Oh, yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes, these ladies are going to bring the congressional heat. They raise the debt ceiling, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, I do. Oh, I know. Oh, I do. And I'm just, I'm looking at just a, a little, uh, a bit of a, you know, we got some advanced press. And boy, let me tell you something. That Debbie Schultz Wasserman, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're talking high quality. She's out of Florida. So the interesting pictorial of her with uh, strategically placed um, beach balls. <laughs> Lovely. And then, uh, of course, uh, Nancy Pelosi. She can wear just about anything. And in this one, she's wearing a lot less than anything. Let me tell you that much. Oh, my stars. Okay, well, I'll have to and, tune and into I know, this. I know you. You're, you're, you like them uh, exotic. Um, the, the Democratic delegate from Guam. Have you, have you seen Madeline Bordallo? Uh, can't say that I have. Oh, you will if you watch the Biography Channel. So tune in for that. That's coming up next week. I believe it's on a Tuesday. So check your cable, and it will be in high definition, I'm told. Wow, right on. Okay, yeah, yes. I'm excited about that. That looks good. That's, it, it's, it's, it's rare that we get delve so deeply into the political waters here at WDS, but we're, it's a charged atmosphere. So It is. It is. It's a polar, we have a polarized nation, and we are a polarizing podcast. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it kind of makes me feel silly for watching the biography last week, which I, I don't even remember who it was. She was one of those one of those blondes from the from the fifties. Was that Lonnie Anderson? <laughs> it wasn't Lonnie Anderson. I'll think of it. It'll come to me. Maybe while I'm thinking, you can tell me a little bit about the news. <laughs> <laughs> okay great that was a good one. yeah that was good <laughs> had a lot of moxie <laughs> i am nothing if not uh full of shit <laughs> <laughs> excellent much like the news my god so we can tackle all of our various news segments and we can uh it, it, all the news is gonna touch on this is great this is a for a show that loves loves to delve in the segment, we are going to be segmented up, my friend. Excellent. All right. Well, I'm excited about it. And I remembered now it was Joy Lansing. So there you go. Ah. Oh, who can forget Joy Lansing? There you go. Uh, okay. Anyway. Yes. So news, right? Yes. Awesome. Perfect. All right. Uh, ooh, this one. This was a holdover from the the show we couldn't get to last week, but... This ought, to, this ought to raise your ire. I'm ready to have my ire raised. I don't know if you can tell I'm a little. I'm moving a little slowly today, so ire me. All right. I mean, I just couldn't believe this when I read this one. <clears throat> a pole dancing class for seven-year-olds. I've heard about this, yeah. Have yeah, you really? Yeah. I was, not to tip off our, our scale, but this was a for me. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair enough. Well, and I understand that they have um, they have parties for this now. That you, for, for you, kids? Yeah, that like the kids get together and they all sort of go to this pole and they dance around the pole. 
oh, that's wrong on so many levels. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what I mean, unless I'm... maybe I'm being short-sighted in this. Maybe that this is going to produce um, – I don't even know how I can spin this to make it positive for society as a whole. But yeah, um, pole dancing, I mean, you, you've raised a, a, a daughter when you would never even consider this. That's, that stuff's not cute. That's, it's disturbing. Yeah, it's way disturbing. I, I, don't, I don't buy it. I don't get it. And I, I don't buy it and I don't get it. But I've never been into the uh, kids dressing up as adults isn't that cute thing like i wasn't really a big fan of bugsy malone for that purpose <laughs> that's funny that's a very obscure movie reference for those of you who are <laughs> born after 1987 <laughs> i love the music i kind of like the idea but you know i don't know the 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 girls in the speakeasy who were dancing were kind of like Ugh. i wonder there's no pictures to this story but i wonder if they're also the seven-year-olds who are doing the pole dancing classes are also meant to walk around in those like gigantic platform see-through uh, plastic shoes that they wear carrying around like a, a, a metal lunchbox that they keep their singles in. <laughs> I don't know. There's Actually, this is funny because my wife and I a few years ago now went to a strip club and we were in there and I hadn't been in one in a while. And it, it's different than I had remembered it. And it's actually a lot more disturbing in that, I mean, just it's disturbing not – maybe because I see things differently now, you know, like I, I things I would not have picked up on, I'm picking up on. And one was they like to do this thing with those huge platform heels where they just smash it on the wood floor of the stage. So if you're not paying attention, it just sounds like a gun goes off. Ugh, you know, okay. this thing where it's like, you know – Right. And it's really, really like it's it's unnerving. And then the other thing that the, the saddest part, my wife pointed this out to me. She's like, oh, look how sad. At the end of their set after they've, you know, the, the dollars have been raining on them, literally like singles. Um, they have to go around with their little lunchbox and pick up all their ones off the stage. And it just looked really sad. Ugh. I'm depressed. Yeah. So what do you think? So our seven-year-olds uh, working it on a pole, is that uh... – <laughs> A. Uh, yeah, it it is a, but more to me about the parents that are doing it. That seems more of the portion to me. Uh, I don't, I don't think the kids know, and I think they're just playing, and it's normal for kids to play dress up and all that kind of stuff. But the 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 viewer watching it, that's where it becomes uh, perverted. The person who's watching the kids doing the thing like and the parents who think that's a good thing to sit around and watch (laughs) you know yeah i i'm with you on that one that's where it gets a little kind of convoluted it's funny because i was at the karaoke we'll talk about this a little bit later but i've noticed that now when people perform karaoke essentially i guess because what they're the performers they're mimicking are you know, the performers of today, you know, your Keishas and your Katy Perry's and whatnot, who basically kind of perform, prance around the stage as if they're strippers. So you get a lot of girls up there like doing these weird strippery gyrations to songs, which is, is not, you know, I'm not going to say it's a bad thing. 
No, no, I don't I don't think it's a bad thing and I don't think it's a particularly new thing either. What the app uh, stripper as performance when accompanied by a hit of today? <laughs> well, just the 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 lascivious nature of a female pop star. I don't think that's a new thing. No, no, no. That's been going on since the days of uh Joan Lansing. <laughs> Joy. Joy Lansing. <laughs> Joy sorry. <laughs> With an I, in case you're Googling her. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on, shall we? Let's. All right. This one I love for all the wrong and right reasons. Quadriplegic man dies in Montana in a horrible skydiving accident. What? Okay. Yeah. So a quadriplegic man with five years of skydiving experience died in a weekend skydiving accident in northwestern Montana. Can I just stop you here and and ask, since this is a horrible (laughs) skydiving accident, can you tell me what a pleasant or enjoyable skydiving accident would be? (laughs) Good point, man. Whoever was editing this, uh, the editor at this newspaper was not... Asking those kind of hard questions of his journalist. So, okay. So why was a quadriplegic skydiving? Well, you know, I would imagine if you're a quadriplegic, and I would not wish that on anybody. Um, I'm knocking on wood. But, you know, you're limited in your uh, death-defying experiences because, you know, unless somebody, like, pushes you down a hill in your wheelchair... Yeah, you know, yeah. you probably it's hard to get a thrill, right? So he, you know, and but my, but I, I'm trying to look in this story to see if they mentioned if he became a quadriplegic because he had skydived. Really? No, oh, it so doesn't say that. That's what I want to know because if that's the case, I'm just losing like any sympathy that I might have mustered by reading this. Yeah, this is like a final destination kind of thing that that you know, death is coming at him whether he wants it to happen or not. You know. Yes. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, it doesn't just it's just kind of a a strange image. They must have like just shoved him out the airplane. No, they had to be and, like somebody must have been it must have been one of those on the back kind of things where he was someone was on his back, right? Tag team. Doesn't say that. The accident happened on Fogel's first jump at this year's event. Oof. That sets a tone. Ugh. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, it, it, his, he, Fogel didn't deploy his primary or emergency parachutes and an emergency deployment mechanism that would have released the emergency chute as a failsafe had not properly activated prior to the jump. He didn't even – this to me is starting to, to sound a little fishy. He didn't even try to pull either chute. Oh, geez. Yeah, maybe this was a big plan on his part. Yeah, so this may not have been an accident, folks. Um, and I have, not to be a Debbie Downer, but uh, my cousin <laughs> is a quadriplegic. I actually am, am you know, intimately familiar with somebody who's uh, not able to use anything below their neck. She can flap her elbow. Mm. Um, and I cannot imagine, like... Wh- she can't use anything. How are you supposed to pull a ripcord on a parachute going that fast through the sky? I, I don't. 
I don't understand. Yeah, I, I, there's so many things wrong with this story. Um, I will keep on this one and find out because I don't think this reporter did enough digging because there's not enough details for me to really discern how this was even allowed. Yeah, exactly. I will say one thing about this story and this show in particular, Rob. Mm. We're really funny this week. <laughs> really? Yeah. Is this, has, has this been verified? Yeah, yeah. I can feel most of this. I can feel the host of the Succotash show just trying to figure out a way to cut this down, to, to, put, to put it on the show, because it's so funny. <laughs> Well, maybe we can rebound with this one. All right. Oh, wait. Uh, the right. Quadriplegic uh, dying, jumping out of an airplane. Is it A? Shaka! Yes. Yes. Yes, A. Shaka! All right. Yes. Fair enough. <laughs> I like th- this one. Is, I love creativity. I'm, a, I'm you know, something of an artist. This one's great. Man admits to buying puffer fish poison in plot to kill wife. <laughs> nice where does one buy puffer fish poison or i imagine they keep that a secret so that everybody doesn't do this well, yeah well let's find out um in chicago a northwest suburban man has pleaded guilty to trying to kill his wife with poison from a puffer fish hmm. and it lists his name and there was a 20 million wow he apparently he wanted to collect a 20 million dollar life insurance policy wow and yeah, wow! Who has a twenty million dollar life? Who is this person? Yeah, seriously, is this yeah. Joy Lansing? Yeah, so, <laughs> so he uh, he uh, went to four different orders, uh, purchased four different orders of the deadly pufferfish poison. <laughs> four <tetru> of them. <laughs> Todoxin. How do you get pufferfish poison? I don't know. And what do you need four of them for? What is he going to kill her a lot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's no nothing like overkill. Yeah, seriously. Wow. In addition to buying the poison illegally, as if you could buy this shit legally. <laughs> yes, right. Um, he was also charged with making false claims to the Internal Revenue Service. Oh, what a dick. Well, that seems like the lesser of, of his worries at this point. <laughs> yeah, really. What did he did he not pay taxes on his puffer fish poison? That's how they got Capone. It says that. <laughs> uh, he uh, he didn't. He made false claims to the IRS to take out the twenty million dollar life insurance policy on his wife. Yeah, so I guess he was bullshitting the IRS. I mean, I don't know. I, it, somebody must invest. Because listen, I may be a lot of things, but I am not worth twenty million dollars. Oh come on, Rob. Sure you are. Oh thank you. In smiles, <laughs> I can generate twenty million smiles from this podcast alone. <laughs> I'd kill you for $20 million, Rob. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. I'll sleep easier at night knowing you're going to be up here in a week or two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I'll tell you this much. So, uh, pufferfish poison used as a uh, weapon of mass wife destruction? <laughs> uh, I will say that is a... Yeah, I'm going to call it. I am not even going to comment on that. All right. Fair enough. Is there any other news, or should we tell our listeners about our fantastic sponsor? So let's just say that all of our listeners can head out to www.audibletrial.com WDS and find out what audible.com is all about. Rob, do you know what audible.com is all about? I know about it because I am reading... 
sippy cups are not for Chardonnay by Stephanie Wilder Taylor. And I got that from Audible.com. Oh, so I wanted to learn about the uh, the the lifestyles of the of the women of of the mothers, and, and this is what the story deals with. Oh, nice. Okay, interesting. I'm actually listening. They're to all alcoholics. <laughs> it's all alcoholic. Uh, I'm listening to a book by uh, Kimberly Harrison, uh, and I don't remember the title. I know that's a terrible thing to say when I'm trying to promote our sponsor, www.audibletrial.com. Yeah. That's usually what I do, Jason. Yeah, but the, the, the trouble is is that um, Kimberly Harrison writes these vampire novels. It's, a, it's sort of a vampire witch detective agency kind of thing. Okay. Uh, okay. And I, uh, I listened to it on the drive up and down from San Francisco because I bought the book. I bought her first book several years ago when I was up in Oregon, and then I decided, oh, I'm going to listen to the second book because she's got a whole series of them. But all the titles are puns on... Uh, Clint Eastwood movies like The Good, The Bad, and The Undead or A Fistful of Charms and things like that. Uh, so I can never quite remember exactly which one I'm reading and <laughs> which one I'm listening to. So because I because it's the audiobook and I was driving, I didn't have it in front of me. But I love me some Kimberly Harrison and you can get them too by www.audibletrial.com slash WDS and make sure that uh, you put that in and uh, we get the credit for it. Get your free audiobook download and three free weeks of, um, or 14 days of your Audible trial by visiting that, and uh, we'll love you for it. We'll love you. We'll love you long time. You know, it's funny because I love Audible.com because I well they have 84,000 titles. Yeah, 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 yeah. And of those 84,000 titles, I, I've done, I've crunched the numbers. We've had Renfro on that, and uh, I think 15,000 of those titles have ironic. Titles like Sippy Cups and Nothing Chardonnay. Wow. Nice. Okay. Audibletrial.com slash WDS. Thanks. Check out audible.com. Get your free audiobook. Anything in other news this week, Ryan? Indeed. Ready? Ready. Get ready. ready. Buckle up. I'm ready. Put on your harness. You strap yourself in. <laughs> I will button and cinch and belt myself. Oh my goodness. Buttons and cinches and belts. Whew. Human hair trade soars on celebrity hairdo envy. So, human hair trade, huh? There is a hair trade? There is. It's apparently, there is so much desire for people to escape their terrible, terrible lives in this terrible, terrible world we live in with this terrible, terrible economy and its debt ceilings and its sexy senators that people in America are clamoring for hair extensions. They want them. And so where do you go to get hair extensions? But the black market where they're getting them in China. Well, they have great hair in China, though. Do you like the in India? India is another one that's providing Brazil. It's funny because Brazil, like women like the Brazilians. And that's kind of known, touted for its lack of hair. But apparently all that excess hair the Brazilians have is being shipped to us. And uh, and, and fashioned into hair extensions, which I don't like. Do you like hair extensions? Uh, I never notice hair extensions. I'm I'm terrible at that. Um, all right. Well, would you ever get human hair to get a celebrity hairstyle? Do they say who the celebrities they're trying? It must be Snooky, right? With this Brazilian. Yeah, well, it's definitely. Well, it's Snooky, and it's uh, you know the Real Housewives of Fish Camp, and you know it's uh, it's all the usual suspects. I they're also saying men. It, it it's becoming more increasingly more popular with men as well, and you know. 
I, I got a little thinning going on. It's not like I'm adverse to the idea of like if I could get away with it, you know, maybe I might have some of that uh, Indochina hair. Maybe I'll go and dip my fingers in the hair market. Wow. Sounds kind of dangerous. Yeah, really. Trafficking of human hair. Why don't you just, where do they get yeah, it? Do right. they just sweep it up from uh, hair cutting establishments? I, don't know. I picture somebody like this woman with really nice hair walking like the streets of Mumbai. And then all of a sudden these guys pop out of a van and they throw a hood over her head. And they just drag her kind of squirming into this van. And off they go. And then shears emerge in this like, you know, warehouse room that's kind of lit from the top, you know, with one light and they shear off her hair and then, you know, boom, they kick her out of the van and she's back on us and she's bald. Yeah, that's kind of what I picture it being, too. Hmm, interesting how we had the exact yeah. same vision. <laughs> <laughs> they say that people that podcast, you know, for long periods of time together, they start to think alike. Oh, right. We start to sync up. <laughs> All right. Let me do one more in other news and then a quick topic of discussion okay just to keep this these segments rolling nice i think by the way folks next episode of the succotash show we've talked about this it's a comedy podcast roundup and god love them for finding amusement in our podcast because they've been they've been featuring us quite a bit which i i really appreciate mm -hmm. the fine people over at succotash show yes aren't you going to be i'm going to be i was asked to be a, a guest host yeah that's exciting you can tell how excited I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you were asked as well, but unfortunately you don't live. Uh, they, they, do, they do the broadcast out of Sausalito. So I'm going to represent for both of us, Jason. All right. We'll put on a brave face and I wish I were there, but uh, I will not be up there that weekend. I will be up a couple in, in two weeks. I'll be up in the, the Bay Area again. But I know. Uh, we, might do, we might get another whack at doing a... Uh, a semi-live in the same uh, building podcast. Yeah. So look for that, listeners. Yeah, we might or we might not. All right. So this one, I just I, – I, um, sometimes the titles are all I need to get me going. Uh -huh. Swedish man caught trying to split atoms at home. <laughs> With what? <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know nothing about the splitting of atoms, but I just think it's funny. He was caught – trying like there's a out in sweden is this a, a, a problem with them is this kind of like you know oxycotton or something like they're looking for people that might be splitting atoms in their house yeah that's that's an excellent point were they specifically targeting people with atom splitting tendencies <laughs> like there's like a profiler like you know this guy 31 year old handy what's his last name richard handy Oh, I don't uh, trust him already. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess he was trying to set up a nuclear reactor at his home. I would be a little curious if I see somebody like, you know, walking through a tight with a titanium briefcase full of uranium. Is that what you need to split atoms? I have no idea how you split an atom. I believe you need a particle accelerator to split an atom, I think. Well, there you go, man. You're way more uh, versed in the splitting of atoms. I thought you needed um, like somebody like Einstein. But I, apparently, maybe on the internet you can just find out like how to split an atom. Yeah, you maybe. do a Google search. It's probably under Wikipedia. You can find everything. There. Ah, both not sponsors. All right, let us close out the news segment with this story. 
our topic of discussion. I'm sorry to do this to you, Jason. Okay, yes. Are you ready? Um, yeah. As ready as I'll ever be. Drunk driver douses self in human poop to throw cops off his scent. Uh, <laughs> Wouldn't the cops just look for the guy who smells like human poop then? It's a short one and I can read it. After he plowed his Jeep into a condo's garage by mistakenly flooring it in reverse, uh-huh. Gordon Flavia, a 57-year-old man from Longview, Washington, found that he'd driven clear into a makeshift bathroom containing a portable toilet. He then doused himself with a bucket of liquid human waste and hid inside the porta potty. Oh, police found him there soaking wet. <laughs> Why do people insist on climbing inside a porta potty? I bet he heard our podcast and said, "That's a great idea." <laughs> this is the kind of listener we have. Wow. Oh God. Yeah. Mm. So I mean, that's. Uh, I love this. There's a little added. Um, added the Longview Police Sergeant Ed Jones, which Sergeant Ed Jones just sounds like they made up the, the policeman's name. Doesn't that sound like a made up policeman's name? <laughs> it, if it was Ed O. Jones, I would believe it was entirely made up. <laughs> Sergeant Ed O. Jones said, it looks like alcohol is involved. Uh, you think? Do you think? That's, a, like, that's like some crack cop work right there. I cannot imagine anything that got me so desperate or intoxicated that the thought of rolling around in 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 waste was the only viable solution to my problem. You are not going to the right internet sites. I guess I'm not, Rob. You've got that right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny though? At first when I read this, before I read the details, the devil's in the details, I thought that he <laughs> covered himself in his own poop to throw the cops off his scent. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. That would just seem like it would alert the bloodhounds, you know, like with laser focus of this guy, you know, like smell this shirt. Now go find this guy. <laughs> you know, like there he is. Right, exactly. He smells like him. <laughs> this will throw him off. Yeah, right. They'll never like see me because my ass has version no eyes. Of your own set. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry about that, listeners and Jason. Mm. I, I accept your apology. Thank you. I expect a fuck off on that as well coming your way. <laughs> walking the streets of Los Angeles. I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Great. All right. Well, I feel like we've segmented the news enough. Um, right? It's like a centipede this week. I guess that means we can't avoid it any longer. Rob, it's been two weeks now. And do you have anything to say about Love in the Wild? <laughs> well, I did notice I, I was actually karaokeing last night, which we have to get to. So I'm going to make the Love in the Wild dissection brief. Um, I watched it when I got home, so it was kind of late, and I'm like, the first thing I was struck with off the bat is our our, our Rossi fellow, what's his, Mr. McMullen, Darren McMullen, did he yep. always have a full beard? Um, You know, I don't remember. Right? It just struck me as like, I don't ever remember him with a beard, and then last night's episode comes on, and he's got a full beard, and this show supposedly happens in successive days, right? 
Uh, I guess. I believe so. I mean, I don't know how long they've been out there. I, I thought it was just one day after another, like every single day they're going on adventures, but I don't really know. I can't follow this at all. Like how much money does this production company have in the network willing to spend in these tough economic times to have these bunch of jugheads out just, you know, screwing one another out there in Costa Rica for a month at a time? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know how long it's been going on. It, I, it's probably only a couple of weeks. If you have to ask, it's been going on way too long, I think. Yeah, personally. I agree. But yeah, again, this was a classic example of they threw the little twist in where they forced the pairs that like each other to pair up with other people. And then as fate would have it, they were able to reconnect with one another. And it was wholly – it's wholly boring when you watch people that get along great going you know, about their rappelling and their uh, waterfall excavating. Yeah. Wow. Do, do, do you get the impression that this, this wild that they're in is probably about, I don't know, about 40 square miles maybe? Like it's probably yeah, definitely. About I don't do the... impressions, but that's the impression I get. <laughs> like I don't think they have very far to go. I kind of feel like they walk down the little path and then they're in the little area. And could that adventure last night have been any more easy? He told them exactly well, what they needed to do. They gave him a map, told him exactly where they needed to go. It looked like they had to walk 10 feet from one to the other. There were huge signs that told them where to go. And the worst thing they had to do was ride a horse. I know, but they were all so fucking exhausted and, you know, really moaning and groaning. These are a bunch of really in shape people who are just like, oh, I can't walk a quarter of a mile. Yeah, I know. It was, it's just so bland and boring and I, I don't care. And the big, the, 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 this is going to relate to the snark tank that I have. It's faux drama. And in yeah. last night's episode was a perfect example of that. Well, the whole thing about steel and him deciding that he didn't want, he, what, what was it? He, he was paired with Erica. He was really into Erica. Then he thought Erica was too into him. So he didn't want to lead her yeah, along. He has commitment issues. Oh, he has commitment issues. So he goes on a show called Love Love in the Wild where – Well, this is great because they said – they kept saying to tease it out you know, as we were watching the show. And, you know, and when we come back in the most shocking bracelet ceremony. I love the fact that they have a bracelet ceremony. I always forget that they have bracelets. Whenever he says, Isn't you've it got funny? to take your bracelet off. And I was like, what? Oh, yeah. I guess they're wearing bracelets. And it's hilarious. It's like, and you'll have to return the bracelets. Like, what are these bracelets made of, like, gold leaf? <laughs> I think they're made of human hair. <laughs> Very valuable bracelets. Yeah. But, yeah, it was, uh, you know, what can we say? There's a, you know, people named after metal did things and, uh, and, and girls who, uh, you know, apparently can't walk up a hill had meltdowns and uh that's it there you go love in the wild <laughs> yeah i gotta tell you though that i was impressed by the the shocking bracelet ceremony ceremony when the <laughs> the people decided to not stick around uh 
and find love, quote unquote, and just said, no, nah, I'm just not into this. I just I just don't care. I don't care about your <laughs> game show winning. <laughs> yeah, like, that is like the worst endorsement is when the own your own contestants are opting out of like, yeah, I've had enough of picturesque, beautiful Costa Rica. I've had enough <laughs> about, you know, trying to boink these hot women you've paired me up with. It's enough. Get me back to my job. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to be on this television show anymore. I, I, I'm choosing to not continue to be on television or do anything. <laughs> yeah, that is a very that's a that that could be a good sign actually. It could mean maybe this whole reality show thing is playing itself out, and uh, these people are like, "Look, man, I need a script or something. <laughs> like, give me something to work with." Yeah, this is just horrible. All right, well, uh, we only have two episodes left, and I can't believe there are still two episodes left of this show. Yeah, I don't predict much changing, and still we have yet – we're like, I don't know, like six weeks in, and we've yet to find out what you win beyond Oh, they love. said it. They said it in the uh, in the teaser for next week, actually, finally. They win a around-the-world trip. Uh, okay, I guess that's worth playing for. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. But then you have to do an around-the-world trip with this person that you hate. Can you imagine going around the world with Ben with his jokes? No. He's not funny. And you know what? I'm just going to just throw it out there. I'm going to be very closely monitoring Darren McMullen's beard over the next couple of weeks. All right. Well, keep us posted because that's probably the most exciting thing coming out of the Love in the Wild. And I apologize to anybody listening to this podcast near and far. If you are watching this show and tuning into us to hear what we have to say about it. Yeah, we made. All right. I'll fess up. We made a mistake. This show's terrible. Show's terrible. Yeah, it really is. It's it's, well, I don't anticipate there being a love in the wild, too. I am looking forward to Bachelor Pad. I think that's a little bit further evolved um, show than the love in the wild experiment. So. Maybe we can get listener Sean to uh, come back on later and and uh, help dissect Bachelor Pad with me. I, you are not obligated to watch it, Jason. I I I I've I've got a I have to yeah I got a I'm sorry I, <laughs> I have my, a life man <laughs> this I yeah <laughs> it's just not it's not just not oh god all right um Did we dip into the tank yes the namesake yes the eponymous section of this show. Yes, it's funny because I'm, I'm trying to struggle into my my uh, my suit here to get into the snark tank. And I put on a little weight. It's not fitting me. It's been so long since we've been in the snark tank. Oh dear. Well, let's let's have it. Let's have at it. This will be a quick snark tank topic, but it's faux drama, Jason. Do you okay. know what I mean by this? Correct. Uh, drama that's manufactured solely to get attention directed to yourself as opposed to actually having anything going wrong. Oh, oh, exactly. Okay. Best example of this most recently, the debt ceiling, our guest, <laughs> which we will get to. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. Right. <laughs> They're making out like a couple of school children, Chris Matthews and the debt ceiling on, on the couch by the green wall. Gross. Yeah, so faux drama, man, it's everywhere. It was that whole episode with the debt ceiling. Uh-huh. I mean, apparently, uh, this whole move was designed to stabilize the economy and give 
investors' confidence. And as a result of signing the debt ceiling agreement, the market is now down, and I'm, this is an actual figure, 334 points. Oh, geez. I mean, we're talking tanking. All the debt ceiling debate and shit did was make things worse. Right. Yeah. Okay, reality television. People running around, like, trying to manufacture, like, oh, my God, did you hear what so-and-so said? And then this is constitutes an hour-long, 16-week episodic series about people saying, oh, my God, can you believe what that person said? Yeah. Well, people just like to talk, and people like to hear themselves talk, and there's nothing about uh, talk that really means anything. But the, it, it, again, it goes with that respect disrespect thing that I was talking about a couple weeks ago that drives me crazy. And mm-hmm. the idea that whatever it is that you're talking about is so important that it needs to be understood. Uh, and that's what that's what is the most important thing as opposed to things that genuinely are important. I mean, I'm just, oh, I, I just feel like we are so distracted as a people, as a society, from, like, real dramas. You know, like, quadriplegics leaping out of airplanes and falling <laughs> to their death. You know, real drama is not even recognized anymore. Or maybe it just, it's, it's real drama just isn't that interesting, you know? Uh, no, it's not that interesting. It's because it doesn't happen to you. That's the problem. I think what actually, it's actually kind of the opposite now that I think of it. I think that real drama is so interesting that people believe that they should be as important and as interesting as everything that they see is real drama. And therefore, it's, it, they need to pump themselves up to believe that they're important. That the reason to be a human being now is that you get tweeted about or talked about or followed or, or something like that. That people notice you. Um, that you get phone calls regularly during the day, that you get a lot of texts, that you get a lot of email, that that's what makes you matter. So if you matter, therefore you're a genuine human being, then therefore that's what manufactured drama is about. It, it validates your existence. Oh, my God. I don't want that kind of existence. You know, <laughs> it's, 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 getting, it's getting very... It's getting very... There used to be... This idea that what we needed was like, you know, what's that saying? Too many chiefs and not enough Indians. Okay, yeah. It It's true, man, because all the Indians want to be chiefs. And so it, the whole balance is out of whack. I just would encourage people to engage in their real drama Stuff that they and keep that to a minimum because that that should be you know correlate to some form of happiness and leave the faux drama, man. I can sniff it out now, people. I can sniff it out networks and it's not working on me. It's funny that like one of the most prescient films of uh, you know the last 30 years would be Meatballs, where (laughs) Bill Murray does his amazing segment where he talks about it just doesn't matter yes 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 that that is that is that should be mandatory viewing for uh the youth of today yeah for its prescience <laughs> is that oh, fuck 
Uh, nice. I don't have any chum for the snark tag because I just, uh, I, I'm, I'm just not, I'm just not angry today, Rob. What can I say? I do have That's a, fine, a, 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 a phrase for the uh, phrased out segment though. Ooh, I love, this is going to be a good show because we have a lot of segments and I, that, I equate a good broadcast with the amount of segments <laughs> that are generated. What are you phrasing so, out, Jace? I'm phrasing out the phrase, I thought to myself. <laughs> you are a stickler. For things that just don't make sense, uh, either grammatically or logically. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. And people say it all the time. And I, I, it's one of those things that somebody said and then somebody else said. So then people think that that is what is supposed to be said. You you thought to yourself because you, you can talk to yourself or you can think. There's no other way to think than to yourself. So you say, I thought. Not, I thought to myself. Oh, God. Listen for it. Listen well, Dave Carr was, was, was one of the greatest thinking to himself people on the planet. Uh, do you have anything for the phrased out segment, Rob? Yeah, really quick. I, I don't want to hear people speaking to me in person and saying things like OMG, WTF, LOL, or FML. I want that. I would prefer that not even exist because acronyms are just annoying. But um yeah when you're taking that out of an email and then you're projecting into everyday conversation it, it just infuriates me right okay i can understand that uh, that yeah. i rarely run into that when it's not uh when it's not done ironically i get people saying things like wtf oh dear now see that that doesn't fly there's a great 30 rock episode where someone says oh m god which I thought was pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, so I would just uh, encourage people to, uh, you know, usually you have your email voice and then you have your out in public, I don't want to sound like an idiot, and I, I abbreviate everything voice. Fair enough. All right, well, uh, this has been a good show because it's been so segmented. Rob, why don't we wrap it up and get on with our days? Okay. Well, I just want to say that anybody who's been following my, my karaoke um, trials and tribulations, last night was a big night, Jace, on the karaoke front. Yes, tell me. On the karaoke made front. Pe- made peace. I've mentioned that there are these you know, preferential treatment given to uh, certain friends of the host of the karaoke, and they can be quite indulgent when they do their songs. Yeah. Well... Peace was made. They they absolutely love my wife, and so she was the the broker of peace. And then um, I, I killed it last night. I did an Amy Winehouse, Valerie. Uh, t- you know, felt like she needed to be uh, recognized. Amy Winehouse, who's no longer with us, did an excellent. It was one of those like scenes, like from a romantic comedy, where like. I got up on stage and I kind of didn't know the song. Like it escaped me for a minute. And so I was a little lost on the first verse. And then it came back to me like, oh, yeah, this is how this song goes. And then I just killed it. And by the end of it, everybody was singing. Like I let us sing along. Wow. Valerie, why don't you come say me, Valerie? You know that song? Mm. Got a nice little bounce to it. Uh, I probably do. I might have to look it up, though. I don't know if that you're doing it. Great song. Okay. Killed that of- one. But the one that went over even better than Valerie was the Van Hagar song. Uh, so Sammy Hagar singing with Van Halen doing yeah. uh, Why Can't This Be Love. Oh, Remember yeah. that song? Oh, yeah. Sure. 
uh, it's got what it takes that one yes people had forgotten about that song and then i reintroduced it to them and it, it just turned into a it was an a instant rock show and i got hugs from the girls that you normally like you know pretend like they don't know me and it was it was just it was it was a joyful scene i am happy to be back at maggie mcgarry's leading the karaoke revolution nice excellent a happy ending for rob Yes, it was great. I was very, very uh, was, was emotionally. It was, it was, I needed it. I needed a. Uh, I needed the recognition from the, the karaoke crowd. Because I put, I leave it all on the stage, Jace. I understand. Excellent. So, tell me what you have going on this weekend. I have a screening of Cowboys and Aliens. I'm going to go see that on Ooh. Saturday. I'm rehearsing. I read the review in Variety. Uh, it's not getting glorious reviews, but, uh, you know, whatever. It's Cowboys and Aliens. You know. hey, free. Free is free. Yeah, for free, everything's good. So I'm going to go see that. And then uh, I uh, have rehearsal with the uh, uh, the rock and roll band I play with. One of my rock and roll bands, uh, Clockpaw, we're going to be recording. That's why we're, I'm going to be up in San Francisco in two weeks. So we're, uh, we're jamming in some rehearsals. Um, and I have my college reunion tonight, sort of an unofficial college reunion it happens every four years uh someone throws together just an evite and whoever can show up shows up and we go to the acapulcos in westwood don't wear that shirt i'm not gonna wear that shirt don't you worry i've learned my lesson well <laughs> so are you expect are you excited is, is there anybody in particular that you're hoping to see uh, you know, the, the interesting thing is this is the fourth uh, reunion we've had in every four years. And the last one four years ago uh, in 2008, I guess it was, right, um, mm -hmm. was recent enough that I, I, was a, I was on Facebook at the time. So I had pictures from that reunion up on Facebook for a while there. So it kind of feels like it wasn't that long ago. It doesn't feel like it's been long mm. enough for me. To, have, to be seeing my college friends again. And the people that I wanted to see um, aren't able to make it. For example, Gwen lives back in town now. You remember my friend uh, I, I was so smitten with your friend Gwen. It was uh, it bordered on psychotic. Yeah, well, I haven't seen her in, uh, since graduation. So that would have been fantastic to see her, but she is unfortunately out of town. So I think it'll be the usual suspects that I run into again. Uh, over and over again. I, I see my college friends out and about in business and when there's performances happening, so it's not quite as exciting as when I see people from high school because I live in town with all my college friends. All right, well, uh, thanks, Rob. Good show. Nice segmented. I'm sorry I was a little... Uh, I, I wasn't on my A game today. I can feel it already. But, it uh, was you fine. <laughs> I'll give you a B plus. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. And I, of course, will kill you in your sleep with poison pufferfish because I think you're worth $20 million. <laughs> exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, listeners. Thank you. We'll see you all next week. Bye. Can you tell me what the they said? Did you hear what the they said? Can you hear what the they said? Audible hopes you have enjoyed this program.